0: Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Greetings and welcome to episode 270 of Voices from the Bench. My name is (laughs) Alva.
1: And my name is Barbara.
0: What's happening, Barb? Happy Memorial Day.
1: I know, right?
0: (laughs) So let me ask you something. Memorial Day in Indiana means like start of summer, barbecues. Indiana, we got the 500, but everyone opens their pool. Is that even a thing in Florida? Or are pools just like open all the time?
1: Yeah, open all the time. (laughs) No, it's been 90 for two months, my friend. Oh. Literally.
0: How does I I don't even understand how that works.
1: (laughs) Well, it's been raining a lot though, which is nice because the grass is starting to grow. It's really hot. I'm starting to train for the triathlon, so I've been biking and running and sweating my ass off.
0: Well, it's 90, so yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: Yeah, So we just you know grill out, hang out. What are you doing Memorial Day today? Uh,
0: Probably taking a nap. (laughs) I know it's exciting. I know. I know. Actually, when you speak of the triathlon, I think I might have a team. So, oh, that's uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it might be on. It, it, it might actually happen this year. I
1: think so. I really do. I know Martha Martin wants, like, at least 10 teams, and so I just think the more the merrier, you guys. Listening, let's go.
0: I will not be on a bike. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're going to be running. All oh, again. yeah. Won't be anywhere near the bikes.
1: <laughs> well, that's good to know. You know, I finally got a speedometer, so I – I'm trying to suck a little less on the bite this year, so I got something that's actually showing me my speed, so I know how slow I am, and I can speed up. So, Oh, me. there you go. Yeah. It's all about setting benchmarks. It's my nemesis. I have a yeah. goal. I've got to nice. do it. Nice. <laughs> well,
0: you're going to win it this year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, it's almost June. Yes. And you know what that is, right? You know what that is. CDT and Dental Technician Appreciation Month. That's right, it's a month to celebrate the greatness that is all of us. But let's be honest, here on the podcast, we celebrate it every week. True that. Yes, we do. Yep. But every year, we like to give the opportunity for all of you to send in an audio thanks that we will play here on the podcast. It's super easy. All you got to do is just record yourself on your phone or a computer, thanking that special someone, that group, maybe even a vendor or just basically anything or anyone that has made a positive contribution to your dental career. Once you get it recorded, email it to us at info at voicesfromthebench.com, and we're going to play it on the podcast.
1: And we need a lot this year, guys. Come on. Step up.
0: Seriously, we've gotten zero so far. No. And once we get it going, we usually pick it up by the end of the month. So let's get them to us early, and let's hear all those
1: wonderful audio thanks. Yes. And back by popular demand, we are uh, once again, finally, selling shirts, and we're going to raise money for the Foundation of Dental Laboratory Technology, which we do pretty much every year, but it's about time we relaunch some shirts. So a few people have asked us to do another round, and they are available right now to purchase And this time we're saying, and I quote, dental technicians have better technique. Now you can take that as you want to think about it, but that was my idea. And you know how I am about techniques. (laughs) Finally, my idea to head over to voicesfromthebench.com. Click on the, we have better technique link to get one before the sale ends on June 10th. Don't wait, get one today. And all you guys out there that have asked and asked and asked,
0: Yeah, this time because it's uh, 90 degrees in Florida, uh, t-shirts, long-sleeve hoodies, and tank tops.
1: I'm getting a tank top.
0: There you go. Just in time for the
1: race. That's right. (laughs) That's fantastic. I'm excited.
0: So we've been playing a lot of conversations that Barb and I got while at Lab Day. But we are happy to be back to our classic single interview format. That's when we really get to dive deep into talking with guests. And this week, we got to meet a successful new lab owner named Daniel Hassler. In a time where there's a lot of talk about labs closing and a lack of technicians, Daniel set off to prove that this industry is still strong.
1: Hell yeah!
0: Daniel learned about dental technology in the Air Force. After his service, he worked for a few labs, and even with the and I'm probably going to butcher
1: this,
0: (laughs) and and an anapologist making ears and noses. Wow. But he wanted to control his own destiny, and he opened up his own lab called Wizards of the Bench.
1: Love that name.
0: Yeah, great name. And it was an instant success. What's kind of funny and relatable, this is a shorter interview because Daniel (laughs) is a working lab owner. And he said, "Yeah." (laughs) Yeah, and basically... He gets a call while we're recording that he needed to go chairside. And it's something that Barb and I, we kind of understand all too well. Pretty much. So join us as we chat with Daniel Hassler. Did you know that not all zirconia is the same? Zircad Prime Zirconia from Ivaclar is uniquely produced with gradient technology which allows two powders that normally center at different intervals, to be combined into one material which centers uniformly.
1: The manufacturing process not only optimizes the translucent properties, but it also creates a seamless progression of shade while maintaining optimal strength.
0: Circad Prime is now more affordable than ever and will give you the results your dentist will notice. I've seen it, it's true. Contact your local Ivoclar sales representative today to find out more about Prime and how Ivoclar can support your success. And as always, we appreciate your support of the podcast, Iva Clark. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. We'd like to welcome to the podcast someone, where did we meet, Daniel? I think I saw you online.
2: Instagram, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was the name of your lab that really caught my attention. But we're going to get into that. Let's welcome to the podcast, Daniel Hassler.
2: Hello, yeah, Daniel Hassler. Hassler, nice. nice. <laughs> Hello, Elvis. That's
1: a first. And we're done. <laughs> no Hassle.
2: No Hassle with that name.
0: Yeah. Oh, I bet you get that all the time. Oh, yeah, I get all sorts of funny ones. <laughs> so, Daniel, let's talk about how you ended up in this industry.
2: So, I actually started out, I was working in Jimmy John's delivering sandwiches on a bike and, uh, on a bike on a bicycle. Yeah. We had, we were sandwich sandwich delivery couriers on bike and it's pretty popular in bigger cities. Like you can just get around real quick, pop over to a building and stuff. And sure, I had done that for a couple of years and kind of was looking for something different in my life. And I had a recruiter that was just on my ear from the, from high school, just kept pursuing me. And, uh, convinced finally convinced me to join the the air force and i I wanted to join and do what my dad did was a survival instructor or a seer specialist now is what they call them
0: like survive out in the wilderness
2: yeah so it's it's seer stands for survival evasion resistance and escape so we would train air crew anybody that's flying on a plane how to survive in the woods evade captivity resist if they are captured and then uh escape if they uh find themselves in a situation where that's possible wow it's
1: like rambo
2: yeah, yeah sort of like rambo yeah there's a lot of like rambo and boy scouts all mixed together It's, it's <laughs> there's all sorts of fun stuff and then you know you get to learn how to eat roots and different sorts of stuff out in the woods and eat bunnies and all sorts of fun and you wanted to teach that yeah, that's what my dad did. And it's, it's a really cool job. You, you, you're, you spend like a week on and a week off teaching students out in the woods and you're just carrying a pack around setting up camps and you sit by a fire most of the time. It seems like a, so for somebody that likes the outdoors, it seemed like yeah, a really, I could see really cool job. But then I realized you turn your job, your, your hobby and your passion into a job and it becomes a lot less fun. And I was seeing guys getting Medically discharged at like thirty-five with bad backs and knees, and so packing around eighty-five pounds on my back didn't seem like a long-term. I'll say, yeah, long-term job. So I, I asked for a reclass. I got reclassed into dental laboratory, which I had no idea what it was. I thought I was just gonna be a dental assistant.
1: So when you ask for a reclass, they just pick and choose what you're gonna go into.
2: Based on this, when you enter the Air Force uh, or any of the military branches, that you take the uh, ASVAB, which is the armed services, vocational, something, battery. Uh, But it tells you essentially what, it goes through various math and science and uh, reasoning skills and stuff like that. And uh, gives the Air Force or the military branch of service that you're going into an idea of what you'd be good at. Where would they be? Yeah, so it just tells them it's a placement test.
0: Your test told them that you could either hunt for rabbits or make teeth. No, I, I, I went in
2: with a, with a guaranteed job as a survival instructor because that's what I wanted to do. So I said oh, to, the, to the recruiter, yeah, I said, I, I will not go to the basic training without this job guaranteed. And there was a yeah. big bonus involved in that too. So there was incentive for me to, and I had to do a, a lot different training. Like right after basic, we went to a um, special forces type basic training school right across the street from the the normal basic training base. did about eight more weeks of selection training to even get the job so yeah it was a long long process and and I was I was in it for about a year and a half before I made that decision and then it was a really tough decision to make but so glad that I did it because when I I got down to Fort Sam Houston in uh, San Antonio Texas and realized I wasn't just going to be sucking spit (laughs) I really fell into in love with the job I Excelled really early, was honor graduate in my class, and um, went on to a bunch of advanced courses after that. So,
1: so, so you're talking about dental now. So, take me mm-hmm. through that part of it. So, what what's the curriculum? What is it like to learn it in the service like that? Actually, just out of the sidebar, that's where my father learned it. So,
2: awesome, awesome, yeah. So, it's uh, it's it really accelerated. I'll say that they take a, a two year course, which would be the outside dental technology course. And they cram it into six months.
1: Huh. nice! And so
2: you're you're staying in dorms. You march together with your class to. Uh, a, it's a tri-service base, so we're working with Army, Navy, and uh, Air Force. We all march together in formation. So, you know, at six a.m. and get our breakfast, and and we're marching back and forth to classes. But when we're in the class, it's really relaxed. There, we're able to wear smocks. We're not you know, standing at attention and everything like that. And, th- and then yeah. were able to, we were able to go through starting off, just pouring up impressions to full dentures. We set a complete denture, which was in our first month. Um, in your
1: first month. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. quick. Pretty accelerated. <laughs> really accelerate. It's very yeah. accelerated. I mean, we had <laughs> six
2: months and we went through dentures. was the first block. Then we went to, from that, it was partials. So learning all the Kennedy classifications, learning all the, you know, different connectors, bridge connectors and everything like that. And then did flippers, I think in that portion, then we moved on to ortho bending wires, doing, um, Holly retainers, all sorts of stuff. And that then moved on to crown of bridge. And that's the final one that's kind of tied in with implants as well. So they just tie crown of bridge and implants together. And it wasn't a whole lot of implant technology. When I went through, and I'm yeah. now, I'm sure now it's more 3D printing and and 3D design and stuff. But, sure. And then once once you're through the six months course, you go to another base that's certified as an upgrade training base. I went to Lackland, which was same city. I was hoping to go to like Kunsan in Korea or something cool like, or Las Vegas would have even been cooler than Lackland <laughs> Air Force Base, which I was at 20 miles away from the base I was already at. So. But it actually turned out really well because that's the Air Force postgraduate dental school. So it's where all of the big wigs come back to teach. And then the uh, general dentists, after they do their general dentistry training and they're up, they're ready to move on to a specialty. They go back to this school and learn prosthodontics, endodontics, perio, all that stuff. So I was able to see a ton of different cases and and work directly with a a lot of different types of doctors both chair side and having them come back into the lab and explain things to me how they wanted them a little bit better so I had a big leg, leg up in that area dealing with doctors early early on learning how to do that
1: so they actually see patients and you guys have a lab on the base that you guys were doing physical work
2: yep so the the clinic The postgraduate dental clinic is actually sees any like us dependents. They see active duty and retired and they would have patients in there. And then we have the lab on site with the, in the clinic. So it was a huge lab, huge clinic. And we were able to work closely with each case. So that, that way we're learning intricately how, everything goes into the mouth and how everything yeah. is going to work out and play out. You're not just throwing it out the door and saying, well, hopefully it comes you back with a good review. Yeah. Yeah. Or you yeah. get a phone call from a doctor saying, what the heck is this? So it was really nice to have the doctor actually walk back to you and go, what the heck is this? And walk you back to the, <laughs> walk you back to the operatory and show you, Hey, this is not right. And you need to, you know, and it, it felt bad at first, but they never did it in a, in a way that would make you where it was intentionally malicious. It was just like, Oh man, I, I felt like a, I'm so, you know, a big hotshot. And then when I see it in the mouth, it doesn't look as, it's not yeah. hitting all the, the functional things. You know, I got this real nice and bright. We had a saying back in the day, if you can't make it right, make it bright.
1: That's what we said. <laughs> we said, if, if you can make it right, make it shiny. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> so we would, better. at rhymes. <laughs> if, it, if I had any doubt, I would just polish the crap out of something and I'd, you know, we'd go back into the operatory and see something that was going on. And it's like, Oh my goodness, what have I done? But it's <laughs> um, so
0: true. When you're working on these cases, do you get graded? Or how do they know you're progressing?
2: Yeah. So they're doing step checks. You're paired with a, uh, another military member. Who's, who's called your supervisor and they run mm-hmm. through the air force manual now. So then you take the air force manual, and they've adapted um, certain like to-do lists, like a checklist. And your your supervisor will come in and say, "Hey, this this week we're going to work on bite rims, and I'm going to have you make a bite rim for me." And yeah. then after you've gotten certified by your supervisor, you can make bite rims. But you know, really, you're you're thrown into the mix. And then they're like, "We'll we'll get you certified on bite rims, but we know that you can kind of make a bite rim." So. <laughs> they get you going on things. And, and as you progress through your upgrade training, that's another six months or two a year, I think. And uh, you just go through the Air Force manual step by step doing everything in that in that book,
0: in that order, in that order. Yeah. So, yeah. so did you struggle with anything? I mean, was there anything oh, yeah. your supervisor? Yeah,
2: yeah, there's tons of stuff that I struggled with that I, I mean, it was sometimes where a supervisor will step in and say, Hey, you're doing this here. We're not, you know, when you really need to do this and and help you not mess it up. There were a lot of things that I was struggling with, like the fundamental, like idea of, of what I was doing. It was more like, Hey, this step, if you miss this step, it's not gonna, you're not going to pass. So let's do this step kind of thing. And, and it wasn't super like you're going to get failed out or anything like that. Yeah. If you failed that day, we'll just retest next week and and try it again. So
0: I've seen the Air Force manual, and I have no idea what version it was that I saw, but it's not an easy read. I mean, oh it's, no, it's very dry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty amazing just to go through it, let alone in six months.
2: Yeah. So well, I think it was about a year for our upgrade training. Um, from that okay, so through the full, still. yeah, but it's pretty accelerated. So after I got upgrade trained and everything um i started hearing about a base that it was back across the other side of san antonio so there's three bases there's fort sam houston which is the tri service base where we do all the education that's where i did my first school there's lackland air force base and then there's brook army medical center which i think they've even renamed that now it's like lax joint fort sam lackland or something like that but it was called brook army medical center and they was it was the biggest trauma facility in the area so we were able to do maxillofacial reconstructions and stuff and i heard about the anaplastologist over there nancy hansen which was a civilian anaplastologist working contracted with the air force
1: what's a plastologist
2: She's an anaplastologist, so they reconstruct eyes and noses and ears and Uh implant, any kind of implant technology that would be on your face, or sometimes even we would do uh, prosthetic nipples for patients that had uh, uh, mastectomies and uh, repair stuff like that for people. So we would, um, I worked closely with her and she trained me up to make eyes and I made a nose and a couple ears and a bunch of obturators, uh, like full bulb obturators, hollow bulb obturators and stuff.
1: How? Yeah, how do you learn it? How do you make them? What do you use?
2: So a hollow bulb obturator? Uh, oh, for, for eyes and noses, we would use like a silicone. It's a, wow. just a regular silicone. We would tint it with natural pigments and um, we would wax up like, so for a nose, say we'd wax up a prosthetic. Try it in the patient's face if they had implants we would we'd put that in that a lot of times they have magnetic implants so that things kind of just snap into place and and orientation
0: really nicely. Let me ask a dumb question: How do you wax up a nose i mean when we when we're doing teeth, they're all you know generally we know what they should look like, but everybody's nose is different.
2: We would take a facial moulage we would do kind of a it's a long process, but we'd stick you know, straws in their nose to protect their airway and lean them back in a chair and slowly paint hydrocolloid and then layer in, um, gauze over top of that to kind of hold it. And then uh-huh. once we've got the full face kind of painted, uh, we would then do a, uh, a cast over it with stone. So then we would cover it with stone and then remove that whole thing and pour it up really quick. So now we've got a model of the face, a mold wow. face.
1: That's sweet.
2: They're doing three D scans now, stuff like that. So Oh, I bet. Yeah. We had a big three D modeling room that they would take pictures of the full outside of patients' face. It was called a 3D MD. And it was like a bunch of Canon DSLRs in a room, in a Mm -hmm. square room. And you'd walk in the center of this room and sit the patient down and line them up in the center. And it would scan it would take pictures from all different angles of their head. And we could merge that with cone beam scans and then do like orthognathic surgeries and marry it with the photo data that we have to show the patient actually what their face will look like when they're done with the surgery Wow! to kind of get a yeah so it was, it was a lot of really cool technology like cutting-edge dental stuff um, but yeah so starting at waxing up a, a so then you'd pour that model up you'd have a stone model of their face or the affected area that you're working on and then you'd start waxing onto that. You might block out some areas that are undercuts and you just really don't want to throw stuff into. Because then you're working in a nose, there's a lot of stuff in the sinuses. There's a lot of their eyes. You don't realize how close your eye muscles are to that cavity of the nose until you really yeah. just look in there and see somebody's eye muscles moving around in their nose, right? like right there. That's
0: crazy. Um, yeah. So then when you wax up a nose, I mean, do patients... Offer their suggestions.
2: <laughs> yeah, so we would get we we'll take photos, skin kind of tones and stuff, and make up. Uh, we'd mix up right next to them uh, a palette of skin tones that we were going to use, and kind of make a map of the nose. We would draw out the nose or the ear, or whatever. Make a map of it yeah. with with color coded skin tone areas. So we're going to say in this part of the nose, we're going to put purple, or we're going to put pink, or and then. We would take that and then start with a mold, you know, make a stone mold and and uh, boil it out, and start just care- tinting the the nose and that based on the map that we've drawn. Kind
0: yeah,
1: of like a denture, like tissue. Exactly, exactly <laughs> like <laughs> that. Cool.
0: Yeah. If you were doing an ear, would you just copy the other one?
2: Yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of times you're you're just mimicking like the eye. Uh, a lot of times patients just lose one eye, so you're just going in and just staring directly into there. Their eyes for a, a moment or so. Can I take this call yeah. real
0: quick? Yeah. Yeah, do what you got to do. Right,
2: hold on a sec. Hi, this is Daniel. Awesome. I'll be right by. Thank you. Bye bye. That's the pain of owning your own lab. Oh, yeah. Doing the whole thing. We're
0: Daniel. leaving that in. Yep. So,
2: <laughs> so you're staring into somebody's eye for about eight hours or so, painting, characterizing oh, wow. with. Yeah. With, you know over a couple uh, um, a couple appointments because we would do different layers inside of the eye to create a 3d effect as the eye moves a little bit so so that it didn't just look like a picture of an eye on there a real stark, sure
0: stark looking thing. give it some life yeah. yeah exactly
2: so i have a real passion for that restoration of a full fo- of a patient's sense of self and that transfers into now i just make dentures but it doesn't feel like I'm just making dentures. I'm repairing somebody's sense of self, their sense of being able to eat and talk and, and smile and be out in life and and not feel self-conscious about that. And that's my true passion. That's all. I'm, I'm not here to make a bunch of money. I'm just here to, to enjoy this quality of life that I get. Yeah. It's so rewarding to me to, to every day have, these patients thanking me so much and just about in tears telling me how much they've, they love what the work that I've done. And for me to feel for it to feel so effortless and feel so like it just comes natural to me. It, it really feels like I'm on the right path in life. So
0: that's great.
1: So, okay. so where, where'd so you go after? Oh, please. I started that Elvis. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, yeah. So after that part of your training, then what? When did you decide to go out on your own?
2: Yeah. So after that part, I decided to get out of the Air Force because I kind of felt like ah, there was just more for me on the outside. And, and got I moved up to Colorado from Texas. Um, I had a buddy that was building uh, car washes up there. And he said, hey, man, come over to Colorado. Skiing is good. So I moved up to Colorado, Denver, and worked at Peebles Prosthetics. Oh, um, Peebles. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Peebles. He's a great guy. Um, mm-hmm. and, a uh, great mustache too. So yeah, I worked at people for <laughs> a little bit and, um, I just really started feeling, you know, I was in the mountains over there, but it just wasn't home. And, uh, my, my family's up here in Spokane, Washington. So after a couple of years, maybe about a year and a half working for Rick, I moved on back up to Spokane and worked for a denturist up here. Uh, got a lot of chairside experience there. And, um, Moved to full service lab because I just kind of missed that being around the full service kind of mindset, and then worked there for about six or seven years, and now I've moved up to owning my own lab, the Wizards yeah. of the
0: Bench.
1: Wow! What's it
0: called? Wizards of the Bench. How'd you come up with that?
2: So it's kind of a play on the Wizard of Oz. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. I feel like a lot of times the uh, the lab field, a lot of patients don't really know that the denture that's going into their mouth isn't coming from the doctor that's doing this the appointment until something goes wrong so i feel like our our field sometimes it gets it's it's the it it, it has a similarity to the similarity to the uh, wizard of oz kind of movie and then i thought yeah. you know it attracts it attracts a different kind of technician that one that kind of takes more pride in the The magic of of what we're doing. I
0: think it's a great name. I mean, it it plays off of a lot of uh, fantasy.
2: It's not just my name, my last name, Dental Lab, you know, I feel like I wanted to stand (laughs) out at least a little bit. I went to a marketing course right before I moved off onto my own with uh, Norbert Ulmer. Actually, you, you guys had put out the ad. And it said we're, we're offering a sponsorship for one tech who or two techs or something like that who are under 30 and there's their own lab own a lab, and I was just about there to own in my own lab, so I thought, oh, I'll sign up and see and I actually got sponsored for the course, so I went nice. down I went down to Charlotte and that gave me a lot of good tips on how to start right, you know and and build it up from the, the ground up in a way that has a salient brand that has kind of a, a meaning behind it. You know, I have a value behind my, my brand and, and to have that marketing confidence to go out to doctors and say, Hey, I have a good product, but I don't know how to market that now I had that. And it was, it really gave me a leg up in the start in my own lab aspect.
0: Yeah, so you started this in, a, in an area where you weren't already like established as a technician and you probably didn't know kind of like the dental dentist base in the area.
2: Actually, no, I'd, I had been working in the area, this Spokane area for about four or five years. So I had oh, at another lab at a different lab. Yeah. Oh, OK. I would worked at a denturist in Spokane and another full service lab in town. And so I had a good lay of the land, an idea of you know, what docs to chase and what's ones to kind of sure, avoid. Yeah. And I set a dream sheet and I went to the first doctor on my dream sheet and got business from him. And I was really lucky to, uh, to have nailed that like right on the first time I had a good thing set up because Norbert and, uh, Sasha was there at that course as well. Sasha Dur- Duravanessian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really good. Really good. I, I've been lucky this whole way things have fallen into place and I've just been I Brushed shoulders with some of the the best best people in our field, and been able to um, establish connections with them, and feel super lucky. So,
1: so what's it like starting up your own lab? Like, how do you, you know, when you first you got to find the space, then you have to figure out what equipment. So, like, walk us through that if you don't mind.
2: Yeah. So it's uh, it started out. I was just I my main focus was getting a a good brand a logo going so i got on fiverr and uh
0: yeah good old fiverr
2: i worked up a few designs i found something that i really liked and had them tweak it a little bit more and cost me i think like 65 bucks but i got a great logo and then from there figured up what the name kind of went with the logo i was searching for spaces for quite a while i think about a month um just finding the right space you know something that wasn't too big i didn't want to have too much square footage to to have to grow into yeah. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure how I was going to build this you know I didn't know if I was going to long-term solo this or if I wanted to have a few techs right off the start so I just wanted to find a really nice space I found one for about 1700 square feet and it's got retail facing area so I was able to make a nice like inspiring interior kind of look it, it doesn't look necessarily like a, a lab lab in the in, in the front end. In the back end is crazy, but that's
0: uh, <laughs> that's the uh, wizard behind the curtain, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pay no attention to that room back there. <laughs> but no, I've got. Uh, so I found the retail space, and then it was just uh, I had my certification, so I had to apply to um, the state of Washington to get registered with the
0: Department of Health. So Washington requires every lab to have a CDT in it?
2: Yep. Yeah. And so I'm oh, the only okay. I'm the only lab tech, so I have to have a CDT. So I got my CDT went, before I had thought about jumping out on my own. And I got that in dentures. And I'm looking. I just took the pilot test for the...
1: Uh... Oh, you did?
2: Yeah, I did. And I'm really excited to take that one. I, I yeah. think that's going to be a great add-on. I hopefully eventually want to be a master technician. I've known a few of them, and I think that's totally attainable and something that i want to keep working towards
1: wow good for you i swear there's a resurgence with the cdts right now that's a really great especially with the digital part of it i'm glad to hear you Well,
2: they've made it more accessible with the covid so it's a lot easier before i would have had to travel over to seattle which is that's a five-hour drive six-hour drive stay over there to test and then come back like even if I knew I was going to ace the test, it's still a big barrier to go
1: yeah. yeah. over.
2: And then the complete dentures wasn't an easy go for. I don't think any of them are easy. So that was kind of a barrier to entry to, to say, man, I got to study for a little bit. But to have it all online and say, all right, I'm going to do this at the comfort of my the lab that I'm comfortable with. Yep. That was a big change. And I think that it'll make good for this career field.
1: Oh yeah. Trust me. I was the beta test for that. They came to uh, my lab to see how that would all work and shake down. And it was just like really, really, it, it turned out to be a really awesome idea and super easy for techs to do that. And yeah, I agree it, in the comfort of your own lab, your own bench, all your own equipment. So that's great.
2: Yep. And so once I got my certification, I was on the way, I was moving shaking and, and looking for spaces, got the space. Um, and then it was just dropping cards off at doctor's offices. Um, I didn't want to like throw all my cards out and just cast a wide net because I didn't know how hungry for labs this area was. And I'm glad that I did that because the lab that or the number one doctor on my dream sheet hit me up and, and now I'm, essentially working just for him. He's I've got all of his work and it's keeping me very busy. Wow.
0: Well, talk about how you created that relationship. I mean, did he know you from the previous lab and followed you or, man,
2: I got to say, I went one time with uh, the lab, the previous lab owner. Yeah. To talk to him about, Hey, you know, he was having issues with taking partial impressions or something. He was when he was early on in his career. And so I was military. He was, he's a army reserves. And so he, we established a bond at that meeting on that. And then when I branched off on my own, I just said, hey. I talked to the front desk girl. I said, hey, tell Dr. so-and-so that I am I know him. I met him. And we share a connection from the military. And so I think he that thought was that smart. I was Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, really smart. I, I think he actually thought I was somebody else. And so... <laughs>
1: Hey, whatever. He started,
2: he started sending me work through one of his younger docs, and then tried me out, and really liked what what he got saw it first, and and then it was just off to the races. I was I've been very busy with this this clinic, so
1: so you get to go see your work in the mouth with him.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. we did a conversion just Monday, and I was right there the whole time. So
0: you don't hear a lot about solo lab owners doing conversions because it takes you out of the lab so much.
2: Yeah. You got to really want it. Um, you know, <laughs> you got to work hard, you know, I'm yeah. pretty, I'm looking really hard for somebody else to come in and fill my space in the lab, setting teeth so that I can get out and do more of that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's just a matter of coming in and grinding it. Once I drop the kids down to bed, I come back to the lab. I, I live about five minutes away. So I'm really lucky that I can just pop right over here really quick and get work done at night. And so just working burning it at both ends i guess that's how that's how you do it
1: that's kind of the truth though i mean like if you had to think about it are you working a 12 13 hour day
2: uh yeah about so i'm i'm here from about seven to I, I i drop the kids or i go pick up the kids at four and then they're back down in bed at seven thirty, and then i'm here till midnight after seven thirty once once kids are in bed so
1: Please tell me no weekends.
2: Sometimes weekends, man. I, this is just this. I just started in October, so okay. I, I think taking the time to really, you know, build it up right the first way, the first time, and and not have to come back and and redo some of the, my my steps or my processes later on. I think, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's not it's not maintainable for long term. I'm definitely looking for somebody to come in help me out, but.
1: But right now, go for it, right?
0: Yeah. What I love is so many people talk about how you know labs are hurting and labs are shutting down and all this. You opened this thing. What are we? Five months ago? Yep. You're so busy. You're overworked, and you're looking to hire. That sounds like a pretty good success story to me.
2: Yeah, I don't, I, that's kind of why <laughs> I wanted to come on here. I just I feel like there's a lot of techs that maybe think because of how the the field is moving that things are dying or that, you know, this field is kind of losing some sort of market edge. I, there's there's tons of work out there. And if you really want it, you can get out there and get it. I, I feel like it's, if you're certified and feel confident in your work, you need to go out and start your own thing. Start, keep the market competitive, you know?
1: Hell yeah, yeah. I agree. Keep these old
2: lab owners on their toes.
1: Yep, exactly. So in Chicago, you went to Chicago, right?
2: yes ma'am yeah so
1: did you go to courses were you looking for new materials what i did
2: that I, I actually scored a four drawer tooth cabinet from vita so lucked yeah, out nice. on won't have to order teeth over and over again but because right now i really don't have much on stock just the leftovers from cases that didn't go
1: Yep.
2: so i got some teeth stocked uh, i was looking at some mills because i want to catch that final zirconia all on four prosthesis um,
1: oh, nice.
2: But I talked to Mark Wagonseal at the Vita desk, and he really spoke to me about he had a kind of a an, an analogy He mentioned about a restaurant down the street from his his office It's called simply Donairs and said it's that's great and all and and it creates a great you know idea, but they have window uh, window stickers of like cheeseburgers and uh poutine and all this other stuff. And so he's like, what are you? Are you simply donaires or are you, do you sell cheeseburgers and stuff? And it kind of made me, spoke to me. And like at those conventions, you can get so overwhelmed thinking, well, I could be this and I could be that for my doctors. And I just focused right after he said that, I was focused on, okay, I do this. I'm good at this. This is the way I'm going to go with my lab. I'm going to continue to do full dentures and partials and just specialize in that. And there, there's going to be a market for it. And
1: there's a huge market for it.
2: But if I spread myself too thin, because I can do fixed work, I'm comfortable doing crown and bridge work. I just, I feel like if I spread myself too thin doing everything for everybody, I'll end up not doing quality work, and that's what's built my business to where it is right now. That's that's the thing. Is that it's the only secret is just do quality work. The doctors are out there for you, and they want the work.
1: So you're in a generous legal state. Any thoughts on? Becoming a denturist ever?
2: I've thought about it. I really Yeah, I don't like being in the patient's mouth as much. Um yeah. I like having the doctor do that. And and then I if if need be I can come in and kind of look and see and have him do adjustments and stuff like that. But I like staying outside of their mouths. I've I've done enough
1: So do I. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Elvis likes being in the mouth.
0: Yeah, I did enough uh, on only <laughs> certain ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you do denturists' work? No,
2: I don't. I don't do anything in the mouth. I don't...
0: No, but what I'm saying is, do any denturist send you work?
2: No, I, I've just strictly... I don't have any time to work. This this doctor, has, or this clinic has three doctors in it, and then they have a satellite clinic out a couple miles out of town. And so they've kept me so busy that I haven't really had to sell to any doctors. Like, I had a, a really good month this last month, and so, so...
0: So you open a lab, you go to get your first doctor and you get enough work for, to yeah. stay busy. That's insanely awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it, is a, it is a crazy success story, but I hope that this inspires at least somebody that's out there thinking, man, I wish I could do it. I think I could do it. They can, you can do it. You can do it. If you, you just need that market. one. Yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, I mean, and it's, and it's just truly having a passion for what you're doing. You know, if you're truly putting, putting all your work into every denture that you do, it's going to show and the doctors are going to know that and they're going to want to work with you yep. and they're going to see that. So I did do a little bit of market research ahead of time to set prices and make sure that I wasn't, you know, outside of the the norm on how yeah. how much I'm going to charge for my dentures and stuff. And that that was helpful to have that NADL market research survey that I, I got before to kind of just figure out, okay, this, how do how am I, how's this going to look numbers wise, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Did you obtain any other labs price lists?
2: No, I didn't really feel like, I mean, I felt like the market research gave a pretty good slice of an idea of what I should charge. Yeah. And, and I wanted to charge a little bit higher than that anyway, so uh, that I wasn't just the cheapest lab in town. I don't want to be the cheapest lab in town. I don't, I, I want somebody to come to me and say when they want it done right, you
0: know?
1: No, Absolutely. That's awesome. But I got a question. How do you manage your day? Because you've got impressions that are coming in. You're doing model work. You're doing bite blocks. You're doing setups. How the heck does that work?
0: And chair side right. conversions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, A lot of sticky notes. <laughs> I have
2: Labnext, which uh, is a really good lab management software, which I don't think I could do without that. It does It does a lot to tell me, hey, you've got this going on today. You need to make sure everything's out.
0: That's awesome cuz you don't hear a, about a lot of solo lab owners using software.
2: No, that's that was my that was the first kit that I needed. I was like, I know that if I'm going to run a successful lab that I need to have a successful lab software. That's um, awesome. And not just and what's run on excel sheets. LabNext. Uh, it's through Henry Shine. Um, LabNext.
1: Cool.
2: Yeah. It's really sleek and it's an online software so I can log in from my phone. The doctors can log in and send me prescriptions on there attach photos to cases. So it's really nice. It's a web-based platform.
1: You use that to say, all right, today I've got to do this and then that, and then what you're yep. scanning off of them or booking off of them.
2: Yeah. And then I'll, I'll just, I'll just kind of line up, say, if I've got bite rims, uh, line up all the bite rims and, and just start up working on them like a conveyor belt kind of thing, you know, do one step onto the next one, do the next step and then get the tools out for the next step and move on to that. You know, it's just, setting teeth the same way um you got to be really organized and and i put all my teeth in every case pan double check and make sure all the shades are right and the molds i picked are right and everything but it's all it's it moves in kind of waves i don't i've worked at a lab long enough to to know that like i think it that's a natural like there's a natural ebb and flow of the tide and so it seems like monday tuesday wednesday i get a lot of like hey, we're taking initial impressions for, you got a bite rim. So these are just poured up and let's either make a custom tray or a bite rim on it. And then I can expect about Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to be catching some more final try-ins that I've sent out and then go to process kind of thing. So I spend more of the after last part of the week doing some of those fine-tuned setting things. So I think that with that ebb and flow, I've kind of, Married my workflow to that and kind of create a harmon like harmonious work life balance. Yeah. So that I take a lot of time off and go home and eat lunch and hang out with my dog. My dog bring my dog here. Um, I I don't miss lunch. I, that's definitely <laughs> that, that's a hard hard stop for me.
0: I actually knew a dentist that told me once that they delivered dentures at the end of the week, hopefully on Friday, just so. They had two days of patients not calling to complain about them,
2: or, oh, or uh, well, worst case scenario, they call and you got to come back in on a weekend. I, that sounds like a bad idea to me.
1: I, I think they just don't answer. Thursday. Yeah, that's, <laughs> true. that's true. So, are they gracious on turnaround time for you, or did you set that up up front? I set a, a,
2: yeah, I set hard turnaround times on them. So I, I'm, I, I want to be able to have enough time to do the work that that they expect and to keep that constant quality. So. I, I've set hard turnaround times, and and they're comfortable for me, and they they work for them. They're faster than many labs around town that can do, and I think that's just based on. So I I jumped from fixed to removable to maxillofacial. I was there's so many different me, like specialties, but when you learn, it's all just kind of like don't think, do kind of like that Top Gun thing. What he says, like just don't exactly there's something that there's something that you do that you a kind of mindset that you get into when you've learned a lot of different lab procedures and techniques and stuff that you can say i can tackle any of these problems in in front of me as long as i know the materials that i have to work with Hmm. and so that's kind of that's kind of how i take it
1: that's awesome you told me not to think
2: (laughs) yeah exactly exactly
1: (laughs) i've only seen that movie at least 20 times sorry i love that movie i had a moment when you said that i was like that was a great line i watched it
2: on a plane with the subtitles on because i didn't even want to get the headphones from i didn't get the headphones from the flight attendant and it was still i still brought me to goosebumps at the end yeah (laughs) ever
1: (laughs) love that movie sorry
2: well I, I hate to jet on you guys, but I got I got stuff I gotta do. I hate to to end this early, but That's fine. Elvis loves forty five minute
1: interviews. <laughs> cool, it's all man. good. Cool. I got stuff I gotta do too. I'm at the bench all day every day, so I totally get it. It was great right on. talking to you.
0: Well, Daniel, we appreciate it.
2: We'll do this again sometime.
0: Yeah, thank you so much.
2: Yeah, we'll do this again sometime.
1: All right, we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Huge thanks to Daniel for coming on the podcast. We love when technicians go out on their own and just kill it straight out of the gate. So congratulations. Go check him out on Instagram and see some of his amazing work and his really cool lab. It's so cool to hear that you got some marketing help from Grow3x, which is amazing because you heard about it here on the podcast. It's amazing what can happen if we all support each other and grow together. And guys, remember... Send in your audio thanks and get a shirt to let the world know that dental technicians have better technique. Mmm, I like it. On and off the bench. That's right. <laughs> Alright, everybody. That's all we got for you. And we will talk to you next week. Hey, uh, have a happy memorial day. Bye. Just busy as ball. Oh, oh, oh.